This podcast is supported by Americans for Medical Progress and was founded and created through the Michael D. Hare Fellowship, awarded annually to support projects that inform and educate the public about the critical role of animal research in furthering medical progress. The fellowship honors the late Dr. Michael Hare, a renowned board-certified laboratory animal veterinarian who dedicated his career to scientific and medical advancements and who was deeply committed to animal welfare and advocacy. Hey, everybody, and welcome into the June edition of these News Bite episodes that Danielle and I have been doing now for the last few months, where we just break down some stories surrounding the world of you know animal research, laboratory animal medicine, laboratory animal science, or just completely random stories about animals, which I think yeah. we have a few of those today based upon the stories that you're, you sent me. And we may yes. have the most ridiculous story, which I don't want to say ridiculous because... No, someone I mean, did I'm the research, and it. yeah, it's so real it, it is. It is exciting. Ridiculous it's is probably hilarious. the wrong word. Yeah, it is, and I'm sure there's some sort of application for we'll, it. We'll get into. I'll, I'll explain later. We'll yeah. get into that. Yeah. Also, if you listen to our last episode before this one, you where we had Logan on instead of Danielle, you're probably like, "Well, what's Danielle doing back so soon?" Because Jeff told me in the last episode. That Danielle is out on maternity leave. That's so great. explain why you're here. No, yeah. So I mean we can do these little news bite episodes in the wee hours of the evening. The wee hours of the what's the opposite of wee? Because we I think that's reserved for morning, right? Yeah. In the know. late hours of the evening. Um There you go. But yeah, I can't really join in on like scheduled professional interviews because I have no idea when I'm available. But after I get the kids to bed and my husband's home, I can do news bites. So you'll hear from me for these and then you'll have guest hosts until I'm sort of back in action, which is probably in like September ish, maybe August. So that's, that's right. That's until you can figure out that today. until you can figure out that two kids situation, get exactly. them back in daycare. Yes. Get back to a normal get schedule. Sanity. Yeah. Get some sleep. Yeah, I know you probably just want to go to sleep right now after having. I know that's why. Yeah, let's, we gotta like, gotta keep this show when moving. Kids, when kids are sleeping, that's when you need to be sleeping. <laughs> yeah, but here I am pulling you out, keeping you up late. That's All right. Great. Anyways, nobody probably cares about those details, but yeah. So thanks for uh, thanks for coming back to do news bite episodes with us. I'm yeah. sure everybody would be happy to hear to hear and you surviving ish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Alrighty. Um, so today, my two stories are about mice and sickle cell disease and how a new discovery may bring hope to this disease. And sickle cell affects over 300,000 million newborns every year. So it's kind of a big story. And then I also have a story about birds and electricity generating crystals. So mm. I'm just going to leave it at that. I mean, that's all I really understand about the article because it's super technical, but we'll break it down as much as we can. So so I also have a bird article. Mine is much more simple than that. Um, and it's about a bird that was found in Pennsylvania that is half male, half female. And it kind of will lead into discussion about like field studies and how those are reviewed by IACUCs. And then the story we were alluding to earlier, the title is... Scientists develop method allowing lab animals to breathe from their rectum. And <laughs> it's the first line of the article. It says, in a new study published last week, sounds like an episode of South Park. So it's it's a real thing, but I'll save the best for last. 
Yep. So, oh, all right, you Jeff, always give, find, us, give us one of yours. <laughs> you always find the good ones. I know. It is a good one. Yeah. So I'm going to start with this bird story. So they found there's a discovery in bird feathers, particularly leaf birds, that they can make a complex color-producing crystals with highly... I'm reading from this article here from uh, Yale University. So these are scientists from Yale and some collaborators with Yale. So these high, these color-producing crystals with highly desirable optic and electronic properties. So they make these basically what they found within the plumage, all the feathers of the bird, is that they found that these photovoltaic crystals. And you're probably like, Jeff, what are photovoltaic crystals? Why to Google it too? They are basically what's in solar panels, all the little cells that are in there. So they, it's basically photovoltaics is a conversion of light into electricity. Um, so these, these crystals that they found could basically do that. And if they could figure out a way or figure out how these birds are producing these crystals, Maybe it's just a new source of potential like renewable energy or a way where we could, you know, cheaply or more cost effectively create these cells and make solar panels and have an alternative source of energy. So there's a lot of details that go into it. Um, and I think they're just now discovering that they make these crystals. I don't know how many they create. I doubt we can just find all these birds and harvest the crystals. And I think we need to go into the process of how they actually make them and then recreate that somehow in the laboratory setting. I think that's the goal. Um, but it's pretty crazy that they can make these crystals. They have cool pictures on this article with like the, the close up image of their feathers with these like nanostructures on it and they're glowing green and everything. So is that how cool the birds stuff. get those like iridescent colors on their feathers too? It's like birds are so many crazy colors. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I don't, uh, there's, Many yeah, you don't know. Methods. There's many different <laughs> methods for that. Well, <laughs> yeah, I don't nice. know. I'm not a bird. I'm not a bird guy. I like <laughs> I birds. Not a bird, <laughs> not a bird well, guy. Like, I, mean, I had a pet bird when I was a kid, and that's about it. Well, like when birds come up in vet school, it's my brain clicks off because bird diseases yeah. are are not not my thing. Yeah, they're confusing. So, anyways, but that's that's the gist of that of that story. Well, so that's yeah, that segues into my bird article. Um, If you have listened to our past news bites, you know that my social media accounts now think I have a thing for rare lobsters, and it keeps sending me articles (laughs) about one in a billion rare lobster was found, which is making me think that they're not so rare. But now it's switched over into like the bird world, and it's sending me rare birds that were found because it thinks that I have a thing for like rare animals. But this you one's still kind get of lo- interesting. Do you, yes. do you still get lobster stories too? Well, I think we're so running now you get lobsters lobster and birds. Stories. Yeah, so they, they've trickled into like rare birds. Um, All right, I'm going to ask you about lobsters at the end. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so in Pennsylvania, um, biologists have a once in a lifetime discovery, which I no longer believe because of my lobster stories that I found. Um, but this bird, it's a rose-breasted grosbeak and it's half male, mm. half female. And they have a picture of it. And one, like, so they're holding the wings up and you see under one wing, 
is like a red color with black feathers. And under the other wing, it's like a yellowy orange with white feathers. And those are the different colors for male and female. And so this was part of a study where they just go out and, and capture birds to tag them and kind of look at, at what's in the area. And it's through the Avian Research Center um, in at the Carnegie Museum of Natural History. And uh, cool. it's, yeah, like they don't, they you know, they couldn't, they, they didn't like dissect it to see what its reproductive abilities were. They released it, but they took, you know, a feather for some DNA and they're going to kind of look at it, but they don't know if it can breed, if it's um, able to produce eggs or what, because they weren't capturing it during breeding season anyway, so they couldn't observe its behavior. But I thought this kind of was a good segue into like field studies where even capturing and banding birds or other wildlife, you still have to have an IACUC review it. Um, justify it. What are you doing to the animals? How long are they, you know, captured? How are you capturing them? All those questions get answered. So it's kind of cool to see, you know, just the pictures from a study like this. Um, and there was another, there's a statistic that this group has been banding birds since 1961 and they have more than 800,000 records. Um, and of those, they've only documented five examples of, it's called bilateral, Oh gosh, Janine! Jan- Come on, Janandromorphs. I'm too tired for this. <laughs> Janandromorphs, um, but they've only seen five of them, so it's kind of a cool thing um, when research and rare animals crisscross. But this bird was released, and it is banded. So if they capture it again, they'll kind of be able to check on it and you know see how it's doing out there in the wild. Cool. So. Yeah. They got to follow up on it. You know, one of the things I think when they when they collect birds is they always want to sex the birds, see if it's male or female. Yeah, and I think that's kind of something you got to like learn how to do, right? So, like, first thought that came into my head is, what if this was like your first day, and they're like, all right, Jeff, what is this? And you're like, uh, it's I two don't know. colors. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like both, and they just think you're an idiot. And then, yeah. and then, sure enough, that's what it would be. Like that poor guy <laughs> that had to sex them was his first bird. He had to try to figure out. You know, anyways, yeah, that's where that's where my brain, that's where my brain went with the whole story. Nice. I was well, just out there. I was putting right? myself in the field, playing with birds. All right. Yep. Um, but I'm gonna forget about lobsters if I bring it up. How many more lobsters have we? How many more rare lobsters? Because you send I me the pictures to, as yeah, you find I think them. Up to like five rare lobsters. We've had a calico colored one. I think that one's in Virginia. We've had like banana was the yellow one. We had a blue one, the calico one. And I swear there were two other articles that I don't even read anymore. Oh, one was rescued from like a red lobster restaurant because the guy was like, hey, you have a rare lobster in your tank. <laughs> yeah, I, I should keep better track and we can keep everyone updated on rare lobsters. Like, who knows? Who's the guy that walks on the red lobster and knows that that's a rare lobster? I guess if it's a like fisherman. a weird color or something. Yeah. That's like the people that call into the golf tournaments, you know, when they're like in Georgia and they and they pump in bird sounds and someone calls in and it's like, that bird sound is not native to Georgia. You know, like those people, because they know where the birds are. It's not migrating season. I think there's a Brian Regan, a comedian, talks about that. Maybe if you go to Red Lobster and you look in the tanks and lobsters aren't red, you're concerned because you're going there assuming you're getting a Red Lobster. So I don't know. I mean, I guess it kind of goes against their their motto if they have blue lobsters. Well, I guess they're red after you cook them. I don't know. I don't eat seafood, so I don't really know. I can't speak on eating lobsters, but. Yeah, well, it sounds like we need all the collection of all these rare lobsters in one place so we can get a better understanding of how many rare lobsters there are because they're apparently not that rare. 
They're not that real. I'm going to go. I don't I'm believe go find in my miracles own. anymore. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if they're real. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, I don't know if we should record these this late in the evening. <laughs> <laughs> it is a completely different dynamic. All right. My, my, my other story is about mice and sickle cell. Um, so sickle cell anemia, as I said in the beginning, is a deadly genetic disorder that affects, you know, around 300,000 newborns every year. It leads to many different, it can lead to early death, um, but it can just lead to chronic pain, organ failure, obviously anemia. You know, a normal red blood cell is round and flows through your vessels just fine. But these sickle cells are shaped like a, like a sickle. Um, it's like a crescent, you know, if you will. And they can clump and get clogged in vessels or they don't have the same oxygen carrying capacity. So you could be low on oxygen, hence the anemia portion of that, of the name. And currently the only treatment, um, the only method to cure it is a bone marrow transplant. And it's very difficult to find bone marrow donors, you know, that are matched or, or that are willing to undergo that kind of transplant or, you know, first of all, the, the harvest of bone marrow from one and then transplanting into another. So that's, that leads to problems on its own. And so what they did here in this study with mice, which should be very applicable to humans is they use the molecular technology um, called base editing, base editing. So they basically take, there's a mutation in the DNA. There's one, um, nucleic acid that's off that causes this causes this disorder and they were able to switch that out in the DNA to make it no longer pathogenic or harmful so now it's this harmless harmless mutation that they ins- insert and then the human can then produce uh, hopefully a human right now mice can produce normal red blood cells hmm. so if they're able to do this gene editing technique in humans or newborns. I don't know if it's something they do, you know, when the baby's still in the womb or what, or if they can do it after they're born. I don't know how early they have to do it. I think that's all things we need to, they need to discover still, but it's still a pretty cool way to, to treat this disorder, not just treat it, but cure it. Yeah. So it'd be pretty cool. Yeah. So are we ready for That's the all I've epic got about that story one. that I have? <laughs> the yeah, we don't want to keep people waiting too long. For the best story of it might be the most exciting one we've done. I at I, least you at like least you piped it up yeah, to be really I mean, exciting. It's a real it's real research. <laughs> you got to live the no, so, live, make it live up to its potential. Oh boy, I hope I can do this justice. Yeah, the opening sentence of this article. So I'm just going to read the title again because it's so funny. Scientists develop method allowing lab animals to breathe from their rectum. And the first line is, in what sounds like a South Park episode. <laughs> which, it actually says that? You didn't make that yes. up? Yes. No, no. It really says, in what sounds like a South Park episode, Japanese scientists have developed a procedure that allows lab animals to breathe out of their rectum. But the breathe is in quotes. Um, so, so in Japan... Um, a scientist, Dr. Takanori Takebe, sorry if I mispronounced that. That was good. Um, I actually took Japanese in elementary school, so I feel like I'm decent at reading those, but I could be wrong. Learn something uh, new about you every day. Okay. I know. Every episode, at least. <laughs> Konnichiwa. Okay. <laughs> um, so I know that. I didn't take Japanese. 
Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, scientists, they used like an enema of oxygen carrying liquid, which they don't really go into what this liquid is, but it proved that oxygen deprived animals can actually kind of come out of being oxygen deprived when this is given to them as an enema. Um, so this, this scientist, he was looking at possible, you know, cures or help because his own father was struggling with lung disease. And so he tried originally just, again, this article says, first did what sounds like a reverse fart. It says that. I'm not making it up. And he was pumping oxygen into the rectum of anesthetized oxygen-deprived mice, but that didn't really work too well. And it was deemed that it would be too painful if the animal was not anesthetized, so it wouldn't really translate well into human medicine. Um, yeah, please don't go then, home and pump air into your no, rectum. No, definitely don't. It's, we, and we can don't be fatal. This, we don't know what this mysterious um, oxygen-carrying liquid is. But yeah. when they kind of went back to the drawing board and, you know, thought of new ideas, um, this actually was working. And so they have these oxygen-deprived mice and pigs. It actually worked its way up into pigs. And so the mice almost immediately began like walking around again after they were given this solution. And the pigs who again were under anesthesia, their like pale skin started to turn that pink color that you kind of know that pigs have. Um, so again, preliminary study, but kind of an interesting idea for people who are going through like an oxygen deprivation issue, lung cancer, lung disease, COVID, um, you know, if you don't have enough ventilators, because we all know that was a huge problem at the beginning of the pandemic is that there was a huge ventilator shortage, which is what this article references. Um, you know, you don't always have ventilators. Ventilators don't always work. So this is just looking at a potential second option to kind of reoxygenate someone's body, which the article is, it's, it's well written, but I love the little one-liners about a reverse fart and an episode of South Park. Yeah. So, so basically, like the, and you can't just give them like the nasal cannula with oxygen because we're having like a they're not able to have the proper gas exchange in the lungs. In the so lungs, giving right, it to them through the yes. rectum. I haven't read this article, so giving it through the rectum is another way to provide oxygen, alternatively yeah. to the lungs. So you, but you have to keep giving this, it. I would imagine, yeah. right? Yeah, we don't know what the oxygen-carrying liquid is. I don't know how you pack liquid with oxygen, but that's what the scientists are for. So they'll work on that and maybe figure out things. (laughs) And we just report them to you guys. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, so that's yeah, that's pretty crazy. It's just. I guess. I mean, you got to come up with. I mean, I guess that. I guess last ditch effort. You know. Yeah. Exactly. That's what has to be done. And it's been, it's had Go good results it. in mice and pigs so far. So, so yeah, I mean, I don't see what the harm is. I, yeah, right. It. Like, Try can it, it be? Yeah, sh- if anything. I mean, I think a- first you have to, I think you have to find, you have to find willing volunteers, right? That's gonna be the hard part. <laughs> That's true because the willing volunteers would be. Are you the first one willing? But, to try this oxygen carrying liquid deprived. And then they probably yeah. can't sign a consent form. I don't know. That's going to be interesting. Clinical well, how oxygen deprived do you have to be, right? You could still be oxygen deprived and coherent. Yeah. So, no, no, no. Yeah. Interesting. Definitely want to follow that up <laughs> along with the lobsters. See where that goes. Yes. But yeah. Cool stories. Uh, I also want to mention that the mice and sickle cell article that, that came from the Broad Institute of MIT and Harvard. So we like to always make sure we reference the sources and give credit 
to where credit is due because we're just reporting, like you said, on the stories. Oh, I don't think I said where um, the Japanese doctor was from. He's associated with the Tokyo Medical and Dental University and the Cincinnati Children's Hospital Medical Center. So um, those are where it's kind of working through. Yeah. Perfect. And obviously, you all know where to find the links to all these stories. Did I send you the links? We'll post them there. Did I send you the links? No, but I'm pretty sure if I Google, like, yes, you definitely can find. (laughs) <laughs> breathing from mice and and the uh, trans, transgender birds. Well, we'll figure it no, out. No, I don't think. Right? I don't think it's transgender. I don't think it's oh, bilateral. That's true. I guess they're they are both. They are both. Yeah. Well, bilateral. One. You're sounding like you're about to say something way smarter than. than no, me. I can't pronounce it. Where'd the word go? I have to read it every time I say it. Um, Genandromorphism. Gen- yeah. <laughs> See, I really just wanted you to say that word again. Yeah, for sure. So this needs you to correct me. And I'm sure somebody will correct us on saying everything, everything that we said wrong. But anyways, I think that's it for this episode. Unless you have anything else you want to throw out nope, there? That's Any it. That's random stories, gonna... comments, updates on your life? No, I'm just going to go to bed after Cover. we get off this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's getting late. I mean, the sun's starting to go down. I know. So, all right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. As always, go, you know, make sure you follow us if you don't already, which I'm sure most people listening are following us, but tell your friends and family. It makes a huge difference, especially if you can get people to rate and review. If you haven't rate, rated and reviewed the show, which I don't think I've even done it. Can we rate and review our own show? I don't know. It feels like cheating. I feel like it does. But it's not cheating if you guys tell your friends and family to do it or if you do it. So it really does help us out. So get out there and do that. Email us libratchat at gmail.com if you have any questions, concerns, if you find any cool stories you want us to talk about. We'd love to talk about them. We'd love to hear them. So thanks you. Thank you everyone so much for listening and we'll talk to you next time. See you everyone. <laughs> Bye.